Welcome back, everybody, to the Creative Hustlers Podcast. I am your host, Creator Jules, and you are listening to Season 2, Episode 3 with Matt Ransdale. Welcome, Matt. How are you doing today? What's up? What's up? I am doing extremely well today. I'm excited. I think mostly about this, but I'm excited. Oh, that's so sweet of you to say. Well, we're excited to have you on the podcast today. Today we're talking about making big connections and making your next big move, which is two things that you've done very well. So why don't you tell the people what you do before we hop right in? Absolutely. Um, Okay, well, shout out to the listeners, whoever (laughs) and wherever you are. Uh, My name is Matt Ransdell Jr., and I I, I do enough things to to not want to bore you with them forever. What are the things you'd like to tell people you do? I like so this is this is <laughs> this is the uh, the cliff notes version that I give people. Uh, so I'm a touring motivational speaker and uh, I'm a professional actor who works in the entertainment industry as well. And that's just the easiest way for me to say it. There's two trees. Those are both of my trees. And any creative knows that you have a thousand branches, right? Your your quote unquote side hustles or your related projects. So we could dive into that any other day of the week. But those are my those are my core those are my core careers, and I juggle them as best I can. Definitely. Well, and just so the listeners know, the way that I know Matt is actually because he is from the DF Dub. So <laughs> he actually left fairly quickly after we met, though. He is now living in New York, like the big shot yeah. that he is. Um, no, no, no. Actually, I, met, I, met Jules. I met Jules, and then I was like, oh, man, this city isn't big enough for the both of us. I got to oh. get out yeah, but seriously, no, Matt is one of the most, I mean, motivational people that I know. Uh, I've seen him do his thing just by sitting back and watching him, whether it's on his Instagram story or I've actually been in, like, a weird Facebook group with him. Not a weird Facebook group. The group yeah, is yeah, actually yeah. awesome. Uh, Rebecca yeah, Lowry, yeah. super nice woman. If you want to check that out, go check it out. Um, but with that being said, I've seen him do his thing. He's also given me tons of great advice as I continue to grow as a creative in my own ventures. But what I really want to talk to you about today is how you made that move and made the right connections from moving to a city like you know actually you're from fort worth so let's just like sure. separate those two for a second we're fort oh, worth sure, sure, cow town sure. of texas uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah. but you made it all the way to new york so i kind of want to hear that origin story and obviously you're still hustling that's why we have you on the podcast you're still a creative hustler um yeah. but tell me about that origin story of moving from fort worth all the way out to new york and how'd you do it yeah, uh, I you know oddly enough, I don't think I'll ever stop. I don't I don't want to ever stop being a hustler, and and that means I don't care where I'm at in my life. I don't care where I'm at in the game. I don't care where I'm at uh, financially. Like I will always hustle, and if I ever get to a point where in my career I'm so comfortable that I'm bored, then my hustle will be redistributed like into my future children's little league soccer. You know what I'm saying? Like I will always hustle <laughs> somehow. Um, but so oddly enough, I'm the type of person, and I don't know if anybody listening can relate. I'm the type of person who feels like I'm not necessarily from anywhere. Uh, I was born in California in in a military family, and then I instantly moved all over the world. So um, Korea, Germany, Panama, the country, not Florida, Panama, Kentucky, Virginia, Florida, then Texas. Let's just make that clarification. It's not Florida. (laughs) I'll say Panama City, and they'll be like, oh, Florida? And I'll be like, get out. Um, And then then Texas, and at first it was Central Texas, Coppers Cove, Texas, technically. And then I moved up. uh, uh, I got a dual scholarship to go to UNT, the University of North Texas. So I got a theater and a soccer scholarship up there. Um, And actually, so in Denton is where I started my journey and my relationship with New York City. I'd like to think that I have almost two seeds that I planted that got me to where I'm at with New York. Um, I had my first extremely impulsive uh, audition with Broadway when I was 19 years old, um, which turned into my first callback with Broadway when I was 19 years old. And then uh, when I came back from that experience just on cloud nine, um, I got an agent 
in Dallas, and they're actually the top agent in, in Texas. And so they started putting me in. Which TV one is that? Of Mary Collins Agency. Shout out to Mary Collins. Shout okay. out to the family. They 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 built this house. Um, Just so the people here listening say they want to follow. Yeah, you, yeah. Shout out to so, Mary Collins Agency. Yeah. Extremely difficult agency to get represented by. But if you ever get the opportunity, <laughs> he said it's extremely it's difficult. A, it's a, but I got it. No, 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 no. <laughs> not like that. I'm just like, like, you know what? It's funny because I do, and especially when we talk about New York, because we're going to talk about New York, I, I want people to understand that these adjectives, uh, I apply them for a very specific reason. There's so many people that get chewed up and spit out in mm. this industry, and creative hustlers get it. So if you go into any sort of situation or relationship with the impression that it's going to be simple or effortless, like prepare to be shattered. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you were to hop into a, into a ring with a lion, you would go with your guard as high up as you can in order to not get eaten alive. Well, I hope you go up with that same guard in all of these other industries. And especially with something like performing, Jules, you know about performing, mm -hmm. you get, you get 10 rejections before you get one exception. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like it really hurts. <laughs> and, 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 and you will go and I'll go into a room in front of everybody and anybody uh, for 30 seconds, do half of a monologue and they'll be like, thank you so much. And then that's it. And I'm like, okay, great. And I'll do that every week for 10 weeks in a row, completely like unfed, unhired, uncast. And then on the 11th one, it's like, yeah, we think you're perfect for the role. And, and you know what I mean? So I can't allow myself to feel uh, influenced by the nose. So mm -hmm. anyway, so they're, they're, they're so anyways, well, and one thing that I want to add before you just move on really quickly is one thing that really helped me is that it's a numbers game. At the end of the day, it truly is a numbers game. If you think of everything in life as a numbers game, no matter what it is, you'll just keep trying, keep trying, keep trying until you beat the odds. Bingo. Well, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And what I tell a lot of people, especially when I'm working specifically with performers, but it, it kind of applies a little bit everywhere. Um, if you're an artist or, or a creator, your job is to create. Your job is to make art. My job is to perform. In an audition room, I get to perform, right? If I get cast, that's a bonus. I just, I just got, I did, my job was to perform. Getting cast was the bonus. My job is not to get cast. Mm -hmm. Once I get cast, now that project becomes my job. That project is where I get to perform. Oh, interesting. But until, until then, until then, like working on my audition, working on my monologue, working on my song, working on my cold read, working on my brand, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's my profession. So there is no guarantee in this hustle life, this uh, performer life. Uh, there is no guarantee that you're going to get quote unquote picked up. There's no guarantee that your, your, your brand, your merch, your photography or whatever is going to be at the next cover of Vogue. But if you keep doing your art, then you could potentially get that. Right. So, um, so yeah, it's absolutely a numbers game. And I just think if you keep doing your job, which is to create in the hustle, then people will pick you up based off of how well you've done your job. Um, 110%. So, uh, so yeah. So anyways, was with Mary Collins, got me on my first series of, 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 of cartoons for voiceovers, my first series of commercials, et cetera, et cetera. And then, um, and then that grew up into a life where I was still living in Denton, but primarily working in Dallas. And then every now and then I'd have a gig in Fort Worth. Uh, and then I moved to Fort Worth, where is like, I moved to Fort Worth uh, at 26. And then I lived there for a couple of years before I was, I was put in the position to look at my life and think, um, okay. Texas is, is incredible. I, I feel like I've reached my quote unquote peak and I could do it for the rest of my life happily. Mm. And I was like, the one thing that'll always get in the way of me feeling true joy will be, I, I will be 50 years old one day. I'll look at my future child in the eyes and I'll say, man, what would have happened if dad went to New York? Like, what could I have done if I lived in New York? Because yeah. um, what people should realize is, so we just jumped from, we just jumped from 19 to about 28. And what people should realize is between oh, those- yeah, between those nine years, I was back and forth from New York about three to five times a year. 
with different auditions, different callbacks, different workshops, different performing opportunities. So I felt genuinely like I lived two lives. Mm -hmm. I, I would be on social media and half of my network were people living in New York. I'd go through their stories, their posts, and I was like, oh, this is what my New York people are doing. Yeah. And then, of course, I see my Texas people. So those uh, between 19 and 28, I had my feet into two different markets and two different regions. So there was this incredible pool that was saying, at least scratch that itch, at least truly plant yourself in that other market just to see what can come of it. Because being the like fly back and forth kid was only getting me so far. There's only so much people can invest in you when you're not right down the block when they need you for a reading or right down the block when there's an opening in an audition, you know? So, um, well, so, I, yeah. I want to ask you one thing, too, while you're on this point is, you know, you mentioned that it was 19 to 28. What were you doing in the meantime? Because you're not booking all these gigs unless you're just like making a shit ton of money. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you booking well, no, no. more so, than the so odds? That's, a, that's an incredible question. So, again, when I flew back when I was 19 from that callback experience, now my network in New York is building. My reputation is starting to build. Who's that one guy? Right. Um but again, back here, I had Mary Collins. So now I'm doing commercials. Now I'm doing TV and film. Now I'm doing voiceovers. So that's income, right? Uh, and as well, at 19 years old, when that seed in my performance career was skyrocketing, that is the same year where I got my first paid speaking gig. Mm. So now my first paid speaking gig is coinciding with my first commercial gig. And that speaking snowball just got bigger and bigger and bigger year, year, year. So here in Texas, and actually from anywhere where I have like Wi-Fi, I was now growing both of my careers while living in essentially two different places, it felt like. So um, my income was coming from the fact that I had professional representation in the entertainment industry and that I was representing myself in the speaking industry. Mm. Um, and just because this is a Hustlers podcast and you guys are going to feel me when I say it, um, I was also bartending in Denton. And then... When I, mo I moved to Fort Worth at 26 because I got offered my full-time job essentially being a principal. I was the director of education for a musical theater school where I got to ran run the entire education department. And that was insane. That never sounds forget like a perfect job for you. <laughs> oh, I mean, but, you got to like understand, like, here's 26-year-old Matt, just finished bartending and doing a musical. <laughs> and I'm going, in, and then I have an office, right? And I, so I put my degree on the wall, blah, blah, blah. And then this lady comes in incredible woman uh to to apply for the job to teach uh, early childhood uh, uh early childhood uh creative dramatics and i remember interviewing her and she had been teaching for like 31 years <gasps> I, I was 26 years old she was teaching longer than i was alive uh... and, I, I, and i was like well, what qualifies you to you know be a <laughs> and so i'm here and it's but but like so and one of the reasons I got the job is Kids Who Care Musical Theater is the name of the organization. They're, they're unbelievable. Kids Who Care, uh, when they hired me, were like, please continue uh, fulfilling your independent careers and goals because it almost gives our musical theater company street cred, essentially, to be like, yeah, that guy that runs our education department, he's the guy you just saw on that commercial. Or he's the guy you just saw in that musical. Oh, yeah, so, it adds so, notoriety. Yeah, yeah. So they were. it was a match as far as, like, I didn't have to give up one dream to enjoy this kind of other dream. And yeah. that's, that was another way I got involved with education separate from speaking. So all of those ways were income driven, income based. Like I was never not, um, turning the fruits of my labor into some sort of financial resource. Like mm -hmm. everything was happening. And, and, you know, to be very honest and not sound like I'm just stacking bread, I was going from zero to a hundred over and over and over again with these flights to New York. Like I would make whatever money I would make and then spend it on an audition or callback experience where I was like in New York for a month or two or in New York. Oh, wow. for a week. You know what I mean? And so like when I'm there, it's just expenses. It's just me spending money, building that network, building that 
part of my life. And so I would come back home and be like, can I pick up some shifts at the bar? You know, can I get, you know, whatever. And so, uh, so See, yeah. But this was, is so good because this is the reality that people like don't see. They see Matt now out in New York doing sure. what he does. And then sure. they're like, oh, I'm sure it's just always been easy for you. Honestly, there's some things that I haven't even heard out of this story, which I find very fascinating. Yeah. No, it's never, it's oddly enough, never been easy. And, and ironically enough, never been something I expected to happen. I didn't think I would enjoy performing or speaking even. Or really? Acting. Oh, Jules, I shit you not. I was an, I was a grown ass adult. I was literally that whole experience when I was in, in New York, 19 years old, la la la. That was when I was like, oh, maybe I should start taking this seriously. I was not a theater kid. I was that kid that was like, theater is lame. You guys are very high. <laughs> like, this is fucking whack. Uh, we were, I was in high school. And you know, Texas high schools, you have to have a fine arts credit. It's mandatory. Yeah. So if you don't have a fine arts credit, you don't graduate. And I literally went into the guidance counselor's office and I was like, what's the easiest fine arts credit to obtain? And she was like, <laughs> she's like, Matthew, you need to challenge yourself. And I was like, no, ma'am. Like, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm trying to get this A. <laughs> I'm trying to listen. God, math challenges me. Athletics. <laughs> and then she goes, she goes, well, all of the, you know, all, a lot of your teammates do theater. I was like, perfect. So I, I literally did theater fully planning to like be the kid in the back of the classroom with his hoodie up and his letterman on with like the headphones in. Like I was ready to skate by. And then obviously one thing leads to another. That's a whole different story. And it just it, blows my mind that there was ever a Matt that wasn't the Matt that I know now. Like performer yeah. Matt, you know? Like you just always are putting on a show. Well, but oddly enough, what, what people tell me, what people tell me, and this is where I, I like to tell people to like, it, it, you need to love yourself and you need to know yourself and you need to stand up for yourself or mm. else you're not going to know, or else you're not going to know who you are. Yep. And pe people will tell me now, like, we knew you would, or we always thought, or blah, blah. And I'm like, how did you know if I didn't? <laughs> so apparently I was giving off, because I, you know, I was class clown, you know, yeah. uh, homecoming, like court, homecoming king and prince and all that stuff. And, um, you know, whatever. I, I had a, I had plenty of, of, of my social circle in high school was absurd and in college, too. So apparently I've always been whoever I am now. Um, but the thing I think I am the most proud of is that my success in, in anything presentational or performative is successful because I'm being authentic. Mm -hmm. I don't have Shakespearean training. I don't have vocal performance training. I don't have this talented blessing of some sort of gift where it's like, oh, put that kid in the studio. That's not me. I just have my personality, my work ethic, my cultural background, my experience. I am made up of everything I've ever lived. Mm -hmm. And that's what I bring to the room. That's what I bring to the to the score. That's what I bring to the choreography. And it's, it's fortunately opened doors. And, you know, I have to very realistically say, I'm not the best guy to be in your Newsies musical. I'm not the best guy to be in this play, but I am the best guy to do this for you. Hamilton. And, <laughs> yeah, that, fortunately, uh, TV and film and voiceovers and stuff like that, that is a world where I can just be unapologetically Matt and it can work versus theater where I really have to like, you know, flex my chops and like train and be like, okay, I can hit that note or okay, I can hit that step. Yeah. So two very different types and styles of performing but i'm fortunate that i've that they've both made room for me yeah most definitely well to get back to your story of how you've kind of you know built your career to new york you know you were talking about yeah. you were doing a million different things in between 19 and 28 in order to like make that happen my question for you is you know when you were flying out to new york and you were basically just spending money to be out in new york were yeah. you 
putting something back? Were you writing down people's names? Like, how did you keep up with these people? Like, what did the saving and the connections look like? Bar, bar. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's that. So my biggest blessing ever has been my network and my relationships Mm. because without those relationships, I am yet again at every audition and every callback, just number 467 or just, you know, I am once again in a room full of hundreds of people going for the same four parts and I am nobody. Right. But from day one of my experience, from the first, 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 first audition, um, I started stacking up relationships and, 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 and people in my life and in my corner that cared about me. And so I started connecting. Um, and the best part is I did not connect intentionally. And I don't say that to encourage people to be unintentional, but I was not connecting with an objective to gain. I was connecting with an objective to connect. I wanted mm. to, I wanted to know and love and hear and, and work and collaborate and offer. I wanted to, most importantly, I wanted to offer I did not want to be some sort of Texas charity case that was so foreign to the world and so green. He was dumb. Like, no, I want, what can I, like, what can I give you a breath of fresh air, a drink at the bar, a laugh? Like, so next thing you know, you're in these rooms with these people and you're busting your ass. You're sweating, you're dancing, you're singing, you're embarrassing yourself. You're, like just being in that environment, there is the, almost this trust of like, you know, let the best man win. And so in the waiting rooms and in the lobbies, you're like, what's your name? Where are you from? I see your suitcase, blah, blah, blah. And then obviously this is at, at the rise of social media. So do you have a Twitter? Do you have a Facebook? Um, and so uh, uh, long story short is I'm starting to connect and meet these people. And fortunately, I made it long enough in my process to now get close to the to the professionals that were working on the show, like legitimately working on the show. Mm. So now the people that I'm learning from or talking to or connecting with are people who have done the show on Broadway, are doing the show on Broadway, came to teach us the choreography. And um, How are you making that happen too? Because all I can imagine is like a room full of hundreds of people and then there's just little Matt and then there's the people that are like basically judging you guys. Did you just like wait till somebody went to the water station and you were like, this is my chance. So so that's where (laughs) some people do that. (laughs) What's wrong with their headshot and their resume and their whatever. And I'm like, to me, and I'm not here to knock anybody's hustle, but to (laughs) me, you can't be vulturistic in your approach to connect with somebody because a vulture feasts off of somebody that can't that I would, I personally like my guard would go way up if I was like, Oh, there's a plan of attack here. Mm. There's a plan of usage here. I'd like us to organically find out how we can best, you know, uh, compliment each other. So, um, I'm in these rooms and I'm, I'm doing this thing and, and Jules, I would be lying to you if I said there wasn't an unknown element of just presence and luck that has to be a part of it. There was not not a strategic way to build these connections there. There was just, I had to be present. I had to be myself. Hmm. And, um, and so oddly enough, ironically enough, I was speaking at a conference and at this speaking conference, this guy walks up, his name is Javier Sanchez. Javier Sanchez. Fuck yeah. Go Javier. If you're listening to this podcast, fuck yeah, Javier. I see Javier Sanchez. And here's the thing. In, in, in the Heights, the, the, the lead character is Lin-Manuel Miranda, the guy who wrote the show. Mm-hmm. And Lin, Lin, wear, Lin is a Latino man with a goatee and he's wearing like a, a newsy cap, like a kangle. 
So Javier walks into this conference looking like essentially looking the same. He's a Mexican guy. I think he's Mexican. No, no offense if you're not. Um, he has a goatee. He has a goatee on. He's Latino. He's wearing the hat. He's wearing the Kangol hat. So I make this little joke about like like in the Heights, Usnavi the character, ninety six thousand the songs. And Javier kind of grins and laughs and they're like, oh yeah, in the Heights, I get it. And I was like, oh, you know the show? And Javier goes like, yeah, my best friend plays this character in the show. And I was like, oh, dope. And then anyways, he's like, what about you? And I was like, oh, I just got back from, you know, a callback a few months ago, whatever. He's like, oh, cool. You should meet, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. So lo and behold, it's little things like that where now I'm in New York. Now I get to see the show. I'm at a callback and Javier's like, hey, if you're ever there, let me know and I'll connect you with my friend. I'm like, oh, I'm here. And he goes, oh, my friend put you on the list at the stage door. Go meet him backstage. Then I go meet him backstage. And it's like if any friend of Javier's is a friend of mine and, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And now I'm put in the position to not embarrass myself, not to to ruin Javier's the fact that he put his neck out for me yeah. and you know, I'm just like trying to make my best impression possible. And then of course, if I do that successfully now, the friend who's in the show wants to introduce me to the other friends in the show, blah, 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 blah. And the snowball rolls, the dominoes fall and the connections double, triple, quadruple. So now, even if I'm not hanging out with my initial network, if he connected me to somebody else and they want to grab a drink and they, you know, and Makes so sense. on. And so, uh, so yeah, it's it's it that and that's the part that was random. Never would I ever known that at a speaking contra- con- uh, speaking conference, I was going to connect with the sole proprietor of the person who, who directly connected me socially to the Broadway community. Yeah. So now both of my worlds are intersecting, and then oddly enough, Javier's best friend Sean Derrick, Sean became my speaking mentor. Mm-hmm. Sean lived in Harlem, New York, and Sean's roommate was played the second lead role in In the Heights as well. So Sean's roommate was Rogelio Douglas Jr. And I go visit Sean. Sean introduces me to Ro. And then he's like, all right, y'all go have fun. And then it's like... Uh, it's the like, rest it's is like, history. Oh, the world were, were woven together before I even thought of it. So, um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's presence. It's opportunity. It's random. It's luck. It's making a good impression. It's being a sincere person. There was all those little spices in the mix that, that, that brought us here. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think that there's something to be said about, you know, the spontaneity, the luck, the charisma that comes with your own personality. Because I've had those moments where I just, like, walk up to somebody. I don't know who they are, but I'm like, I love the thing that you're wearing. Or I love, like, your energy. And just, like, random little things will happen. And so I think that, you know, if there's something that y'all definitely take away from this podcast today with Matt is, like, know that you don't have to try or you don't have to send an email to the big CEO guy. Like, if you want it, put it out into the world and then start working your way towards there. Like, there's so many things that go on in the background of these stories that people don't hear about. They don't realize how much time goes by. And I think that's really important to, like, let that time and let that, like, let your experience breathe. Like, what the fuck? Like, if it happens all in, like, a year, like, it's over. Why would you want that? percent. I mean, when's the last time that somebody forcefully willed their way into love or into, you know what I'm saying, something healthy or something, whatever? Kanye like, running for talk- president. That's not politics. That's reality TV. So people have this assumption, and I get it. Because there's such a thing about the word hustle. There's such a thing about the word grind or, or, or strive or grit. And there's this complex that, that, that people relate it to some sort of relentless fight. And I understand that and I empathize with that. Now, with that being said, 
where is the balance? Because without balance, anything sucks. Like without balance, if you're too much of one thing, I personally feel like you're a little hard to, to, to collaborate with. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're going to have that relentless fight, you should also have some sort of balance of, of peace and, and, and comfort and, and, and love. And so for me, it's one of those things where there are two things matter. How do you get into the room? And who are you once you're in the room? Right. So, so your how and your who I understand that getting into the circle or getting into the environment or getting into the meetup, that's one step that might require emails or research or DMS or favors or whatever. I get that. You might need need a plug and that's fine. You know, find, find that plug. But then once you're in that room, who are you in that room? Because you all know this. If you're listening, you've been in relationships. You've had relationships, whether they be with family or, or professionals or, or, or romantic interests or friendships. You've had relationships that have been overwhelming, overbearing, hard to get past, hard to connect with. Are you being that person because you're trying so hard in the room? Like, are you being the person that is so much, it's too much, right? Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of the things that are going to make you work, <laughs> no, I mean, Just no, kidding. Right? No, I was going to say, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't say that about you, but... I appreciate in, that. <laughs> in, in general, you've got to, I, I think, being creative, we put so much value and hustling. We put so much value in our work and in our work ethic. And we forget that, like, all of that came from us. That value belongs with yourself. That value belongs with your spirit, with your with your voice, with your culture. And, and it's like... I don't know. You've worked hard enough to get here. Now, don't exhaust us with the fact that you are here. Just, yeah. Just, Be. Just play. Yeah. yeah just play. Well, and I love that because it reinforces the idea that everything happens when it's supposed to happen and how it's supposed to happen. And so, okay, so we're getting towards the end of the podcast. These are only 30-minute episodes now. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to make it more bite-sized for the listeners, but I'll spare the listeners the explanation. Go listen to episode one. Um, but with that being said, what are what is one goal that you have achieved that you're super proud of and one goal that you're looking forward to, like a life ambition? Sure. That's a really great uh, question. One goal that I've achieved that I am proud of is essentially, um, man, that's such an interesting question. Uh, 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 um, one goal that I'm proud of is that the fact that I've gotten to work with the best and have been acknowledged by the best. When, when you think about people right now that are dominating the entertainment industry, mm. um, Netflix, got to work with Netflix, got yeah. to produce with Netflix, got to write with Netflix. You have to produce something at Carnegie Hall. I got to produce at Carnegie So it's like, yes. So, so, so there's these... And, and don't get me wrong, I'm not, we will not dive into uh, essentially the, the validation of my ego with these titles. Like there's, we, can, we, can, we can name drop until next season of this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but with that being said, we put so much clout on these names for a reason. And um, the one thing I learned with the whole Broadway thing when I was 19, I'm still learning today, which is no matter how high of a pedestal you put these things on, once you yourself are on that pedestal, you realize this is basic. This is no, This is at a level that's heightened, sure. It's at a salary that's heightened, yes. It is at a following or attention that is heightened, absolutely. But it is not unorthodoxly out of your realm of comprehension or, or, or usage. I, like, I've been in the room with, with idols, and I've been impressed, and I've been uh, blown away, but I've never felt unqualified to be in that room. So yes, the thing I'm, go yeah, off. Yeah, the thing I'm the most proud of is that the, the validity of my work 
comes from the fact that it's mine. Not the fact that somebody else told me it was good. Not the fact that, you know what I'm saying, so-and-so or so-and-so said I was funny or said I was a good writer or said I could perform. That's not what made me great. Me being myself was great enough to work with those people, and that's what made me great. So um, so that's something that I've accomplished that I really, really love. Uh, I, I, was, I was working with Netflix in London for a month, and I never once felt like the little guy. I never once felt like the, the new kid. Like I was like, let's get to work. Let, me, let, me, enhance, let me enhance your project. So that was cool. And then uh, one thing I hope to plan to, uh, I'm at this chapter in my life, Jules, where this is going to be weird to say, because oh. y'all, if y'all don't know me personally, I have an extraordinarily deeply rooted Peter Pan complex. I am flighty. I am playful. Never grow up is like my slogan. Uh, I but I also want to point out this man has said on multiple occasions, yes, I want to be a dad. I want to, like, teach my kids sports. So it's like he has zero, like, very that, indecisive. And that, and that, very indecisive. That, that's, the, that's the goal. Yeah, I'm super. If you're in the Zodiac, I'm like a super Libra. Um, <laughs> I can't make a decision to save my life. And I see the best in both sides of the equation, but that, so that is a goal Jules right now. I'm doing right now. I'm doing a really, really great job of keeping myself an independent living my best life. And I love that. I'm living my best life. I am happy. I'm fruitful. I'm living everything. I never thought I could. I want to now be able to do that. Not independently. I want to be able to do that for a family. I want to be able to do that for a, 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 I want to, you know, for a, for a home, for an empire, for a kingdom, whatever you want to say, I want to be able to take what I'm doing for me and do it for me and my wife. I want to be able to do it for me and my wife and my kids. I want to be able to do it for me and my wife and my kids and my community. I want to buy the house. I want to have the cars. I want to la, 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 la. Like, um, well, you better ask people to stop calling you Mr. Big and Samantha then. I don't think your future wife is going to listen. That's also why I think, um, on Mr. Big and Samantha's timeline, when I look at my friends back home, I'm Uncle Matt to so many of my little nieces and nephews. Like mm-hmm. they all, they all settled down. They all found their life partner. They all bought the home, have the pool, do the cookouts. Like that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's not what I'm doing yet because I had a little bit more of me to do. You know, their their um their career choices in real estate or in business or in whatever um, allowed them to kind of plant those seeds a little earlier. I think they were they were more traditionally raised to do so i was kind of i'm what i'm doing for a living and what i'm trying to do for for a future is a little it took a little bit more time you know yeah. what I mean? it's just, it just takes a little more time so now that i've invested that time and i'm seeing that it's working well for me i'm like okay where's the job security where's the seeds planted where are the investments where are the things that can make this um more than just bachelor life in the new york city apartment what are the things that can make this home life, family life, co- like savings for college tuitions. And- Is that why you got a plan today? <laughs> Yo, no. <laughs> Just so y'all know, y'all should go follow him out on Instagram. He got a new plant baby today. He is now a plant Ronin. dad. Uh, Ronan, yeah, that's right. Ronnie Ron, baby. Oh, he's, on the win- he's on the windowsill right now taking a little sunlight. If you um, can't, obviously you can't tell, but he's looking at him longingly. Yeah, that's my boy. So, you know, and and we I, we could do this all day and we shouldn't because you, I know you have a time limit. Yeah. But being in New York and being in New York in the middle of a pandy and it's quarantine and it's this and this, New York is brilliant and beautiful. But the thing that makes it the most brilliant and beautiful is the lifeline of people you intersect with on the daily. Right now, we're all being asked to stay at home. And because New York is a community style city, we're all doing that. This is not Texas where people are like masks don't work. Nah, in New York, we're all in this together. We all we love each other enough to do this and sacrifices for each other. So gearing up for, 
in the winter of 2020, I'm fully prepared to like do one more trip to the grocery store and get enough things that are going to last me two or three months. Right. And I was just like, I'm alone. I'm in this apartment. I'm loving and living my best life. But I kind of just like, you know, companionship. I need, I need a task y'all. And you know what it's like, we're <laughs> Yo, we're millennials. We're baking bread. You know what I'm saying? We're letting our starters sit for a week and a half and checking up on it. Like We're getting I, TikTok accounts. <laughs> y'all are getting TikTok accounts, and I'm enjoying your TikTok accounts via Instagram. So, I just think it's so funny. You would be so popular on TikTok. I don't know why you're denying it. I think, I think again, this is my complete – I'm a walking paradox. I'm a contradiction, and it's it's – I don't know what it is, Jules. It might be laziness. It might be old man not wanting to learn something new. I think it, you I, just said for so long that you don't want to do it that if you decided to do it now, you probably look a little hypocritical. Here's, here's the weird thing is, and, and th- don't let this contradict everything we've talked about, listeners, because I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to make it sound like we I'm We should not. have ended the podcast. <laughs> we should have. We should have. We should. Jules and I ramble. This is what we do. I shouldn't. I, I don't want to say that I'm not a grinder, right? But... I, I do things that bring me joy and fulfillment and excitement and challenge. And right now, and this might change, right now, TikTok brings me none of those things. You uh, are on I the am- wrong side of TikTok for you. You just got to let it personalize it for you. You got to let it get in your mind. I, I have loved what I've seen. Some of my friends do like TikTok Tuesdays on Instagram or TikTok Thursdays. And I get to watch essentially the way I used to watch Vines, right? I get yeah. to watch hilarious content, brilliant content, really creative content. And sometimes, sometimes, Jules, I love being the audience. Sometimes I don't have to be the contributor. Uh, if I go to a ballet or an opera or an art show, I love being the audience. I'm not going to pick up the canvas necessarily. I'm not going to pick, you know what I mean? And, and TikTok right now, and this might change, TikTok for now right, feels like something that I get to be an audience for, and I have no qualms with that. I, I have enough on my plate in a thousand different directions that to add the responsibility and the insecurity of growing a TikTok, because that's the thing. I don't do anything I'm not emotionally invested in. Yeah. So I, 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 like, I give a fuck. Like, that's my brand. <laughs> so, my brand, okay, I get it. My Here's the thing. Is, it's like, it's totally selfish for me to want you to be on TikTok because I just know your personality type, and I know once you found a style of video or you figured out your riffs or whatever it was, whatever your content would be, it'd be fucking hilarious. And I just, I, like... I'm selfish. Like, I want that content. I'll leave you with this. This will be the last thing I say. Don't let it go to your head. Don't turn it into anything bigger. But I got to be honest with you, Jules. Last night, when I couldn't fall asleep, I kind of laid in bed watching TikToks for like an hour. Yeah! TikTok, TikTok. Yeah, TikTok on, on the next app that I'm waiting for. <laughs> nah, man. Uh, Thank you for having me. This was awesome. I really, really enjoy talking to you. And I think you're doing a really amazing thing for the community. So have me back whenever you want. We'll do we'll do a second episode. I don't care. Most definitely. With that being said, we are actually going to wrap it up. Um, can I get your shameless plugs? What do you want to plug yourself? Y'all, find me online at Matt is Superman on IG. And uh, that's really the best way to do it because all of my branches plant from the IG seed. So uh, I have a merchandise store where I do a little bit of entrepreneurship and creative design. And, mm-hmm. and that, that's through my IG. So you can buy merch there if, it, if you if you fuck with it. Um, and you can just you can, that's where we can connect. And, and what can come from us connecting? Lord knows, because you've already heard it on this podcast. Everything that is anything has come from the fact that I've connected with people. Mm-hmm. So um so a DM, a comment, a like, a relationship can go a really 
really long way. Jules and I met, Jules and I vibed, but Jules and I really grew our appreciation for one another through social media. And, um, and the, and you know, now we're here on the podcast. She's my plus one at my Carnegie hall debut. I get to go see her walk the runway, yada, yada, yada. There's a thousand things can come from just being there for somebody. And there's no easier way to do that right now than on social media. So connect with me there. And who knows, maybe you need a consultation. Maybe you need a coach. Maybe you want to hire me. Maybe you want to learn from me, whatever. Maybe you just want a friend. Like, I don't care. Maybe you just need to laugh and, and hang out with me and Ronan via my stories. I don't know, man. But, um, Hey, if but you like, want a good well, smile, definitely go check out the plant daddy series. It was pretty good. I appreciate you, man. It's, <laughs> it's, it's fun. It's fun. But yeah, that's, that's, that's my plug. It's simple. All right. Well guys, thank you so much for being on the creative hustlers podcast today. I am your host creator Jules. Make sure if you need photo, video, event production to check out how to be social. And if you're looking to take your part-time hobby and make it your full-time creative career, check out my new course that is launching on December 13th. If this podcast is out before then, um, definitely sign up for it. DM me at Creator Jewels or how to be social. If it is past December 13th, shoot me an email and I'll get you in on the next course. Until then, stay social. You're all gems.